Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. It is Championship Sunday in Paris. Welcome to TC Live, our one-hour pregame show to get you ready for the men's final. Ultimate power in Paris has changed hands multiple times over the centuries with nearly 20 different French kings named Louis. But at Roland Garros, this century has been ruled by a man named Rafa. And today, he is one match away from sitting on the throne for a 14th time. It's Nadal and Casper Ruud meeting for the title in Paris a master and a young man reaching this stage for the very first time. Tennis Channel's premiere showing at 2 p.m. Eastern. Rude arriving for the biggest match of his life, making history as the first Norwegian to reach a major final. He has trained at Nadal's Academy in Mallorca for the past four years and will attempt to defeat his idol. Nadal practicing. He has never lost when he makes it to the final Sunday at Roland Garros. And after turning 36 a couple days ago, will try to become the oldest men's champion in tournament history. Let's go as we bring you back onto the Tennis Channel DraftKings desk. The same crew that you started with 16 days ago. Steve Weissman, Paul Anacone, Tanda Rubin, and John Wertheim. We have reached the final Sunday, the men's championship here at Roland Garros. Chanda, what's been your favorite moment thus far? Uh, there have been so many incredible moments, and it's like we've been here forever, Steve. I, the first week seems like it was last year almost, but I cannot forget Joe Wilfred's song. His retirement ceremony was probably the best I've seen, and we had a chance to talk with him at the desk here afterwards, and I think that I'll remember for a long time. I'll go same theme. I'll go with, with Coco Goff, who I just think was so wonderful on the court. We knew about her tennis. I'm not sure that we knew the extent of her emotional intelligence, of her maturity. She was so winsome. She was so joyous. Unfortunately, she did not win with, with a trophy in either of the finals. She reached women's doubles and women's singles. But I still think she revealed herself this tournament. I have a bittersweet favorite moment, okay? The, the favorite moment was really the look that Rafa Nadal gave his team after he won the first set against Verev the other night. That look was something really special, and it's bittersweet because it's just heartbreaking to see what happened to Zverev in the second set. That was going to be uh, one for the ages, and it's heartbreaking for Zverev. But for Rafa, just the turnaround look after that war in the first set was something special. Well, that is where we begin, because whenever Rafa plays in a major final, history is on the line. Today, looking for a 14th Roland Garros Trophy, 22nd major singles title. And Chanda, his last match, certainly a bit unusual. This was a battle sets lasting longer than yesterday's women's final. Yeah, this was an incredibly competitive first set. And both players had set points. Zverev had his share in the tiebreak. Couldn't get it. Nadal, of course, coming up with Nadal-like things. Uh, but the second set, it just continued to go back and forth. There were long games, extended rallies, incredible shot-making. Zverev there with his backhand. Nadal would respond. But this was the moment that we wish we could kind of erase. This was heart-wrenching, heartbreaking to see Zverev go down this way especially with how much he was fighting and battling and, of course, Nadal giving him a little bit of consolation. Nobody likes to see a match in this way. 
Zverev hopefully can get back to 100% as quickly as possible. Not the way Rafa wanted to win, but makes his 14th final here at Roland Garros, John, where he has already made history with the most major titles at a single slam. Yeah, this is the comedy portion of today's show. I mean, he, he could win 14 majors here. That's as many majors as Pete Sampras won. And I also think we're forgetting about the age. Remember when Jimmy Connors made that crazy run at the U.S. Open and it was Jared Hall commercial? Rafa's only three years younger. So this started in 2015 and is now 2022, 17 years later, and he is going for 14 titles. That is a laugh line, and it got a laugh out of you, rightfully so. <laughs> it, it, it's wild, Paul, especially as John brings up. The guy who used to coach, Pete Sampras, he got to 14. We thought nobody's going to pass him. 14 in one place. I mean, how is Rafa setting the bar for the future of our sport? Unrealistically. You know, I think, unfortunately, for everyone that's going to be playing after Rafa, Novak, and Roger, they have unrealistic expectations, right? I mean, we all see how great Rafa's been. We all see how the big three have played. And we've been spoiled. So, I mean, my biggest, uh, my biggest word of... Uh, I guess, encouragement to all of our fans. Let's just enjoy these three great champions, the three men's champions, as well as Serena on the women's side, while we have them, because this is an unrealistic landscape that they've provided. Chanda, what goes through your mind when you see something like that? Uh, it's just hard to fathom at one tournament to have that many wins. So many players go their entire career and try to have that many tournament wins over the course of, mm. you know, any any tournaments they play, but for Nadal to have been so dominant on this surface, it's hard to imagine who we would have in the future that could come even close to that. But like you said, we said that about Pete Sampras and, yeah. and his major, so you never know. But definitely, Paul, we got to enjoy it. Do I have to mm. tell Pete when I go back to LA that Rafa has the same? Yeah, <laughs> there are other ways to frame okay, it. Right. Keep it a secret. You can <laughs> tell me. He did all right he does, for himself. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, you know. Grandpa, Grandpa, he wasn't that good. He's only won eight major. I mean, I feel like these the standards <laughs> that are being set um, are something to be reckoned with. I think, Paul, I think your advice is great. Let, let's deal with standards and readjusting when we have to. For now, let's just enjoy what we got. I mean, the fact that we have four technically active players who among them have more than 80 majors is just probability-wise, it's, it's comedy. And uh, let's enjoy them while we got them. Listen, one thing Rafa hasn't done, beat four top ten players at a single major. If he beats Kasparud today, he'll join Mats Wielander and Roger Federer in that cool club as Kasparud makes his first major final here. Coming in, Paul, uh, he was the only top ten player who hadn't reached a major quarterfinal. Did that and then some. Yeah, he really broke the ice by getting to this match. First set, Marin Cilic played terrific power tennis control with first serve, first strike. Kasparud did a nice job not panicking. Tough to do for a 23-year-old to get comfortable in their first semifinal. Second set turned the tide with power, ground strokes, patience, weight of shot. And then Cilic just started pressing a little bit too much because he had to. Rude was doing such a good job moving the ball around on the baseline, using the heavy whipping ground strokes to create time and opportunity. And then look at the wheels here with this little chip cross court. I mean, Casper Rude continues to improve, continues to tweak what he already does well. And for me, the most important part of this whole match was his ability to play through the moment. The semifinals of this major did not get flustered after the first set. And, man, he got better as the match went on. Going to be a big moment for Casper Ruud. Uh, Paul, as a coach, you've had to game plan many, many times against Rafa Nadal, by the way successful at Indian Wells with Taylor Fritz. Uh, what is the strategy for Kasparud to get past Rafa 
in that building today. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting dilemma, right, because they have similar styles, the lefty and the righty version. And, and, you know, Rafa causes problems with the lefty forehand to the backhand. And we were able to do a little bit of work to see what you can do with the backhand. If you look at Casper Root and the average rally hit points, look at where he is, look at the trajectory of the shot. So he's there, thereabouts on the ground strokes. What he likes to do is hit the backhand at about three foot one inch. The problem with Rafa's ball is it's four foot one inch. So what does Rude have to do? He's either going to have to take the ball on the rise inside the baseline by about a foot and a half, or he's going to have to back way up about 14 and a half. And unlike Zverev and Djokovic, he doesn't like to take the two-hander on the rise. So if he's doing that, he is well out of his comfort zone. So he's going to have to make some adjustments because if that 16-and-a-half-foot difference is a reality and he's way back and gives Rafa that much space, that's not a winning recipe. Right. Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting when you look at the matchup, how he will have to adjust because Rude has played so well in terms of his style, extending some of the rallies, just being confident that he can wear down some of his opponents. I think that mindset will have to change a bit against Nadal today. And I think, though, Rude, he has at times been more aggressive. I think the best option is to step in, try to take some of those balls a little bit earlier, maybe try to get some sneak plays inside uh, into the net. I think he's comfortable enough to do that. The question is, can he do that long enough, three out of five sets, to get through uh, with the win today? And Rafa's got to do some some tactical change-ups, too. I mean, he played a guy that's six foot six inches tall. We saw Rafa returning serve with his back foot, literally brushing the courtside signage. His court positioning is going to change. And then for Rafa, you found a guy in Rude who's, you know, he's, a, he's a nice player. He's a player on the come-up. But this guy hadn't been beyond the you know, fourth round of a major until this event. Yeah. So it's a much different sort of psychological matchup for Rafa as well. Rafa's got some, he's got some adjusting to do himself. As Paul always says, toughest test in all of sport. Beat Rafa Nadal, 3-5 to five on clay. It's only been done three times. Only two guys have done it. Still to come on TC Live, we will update you on Coco Golf playing in two finals here. We've got the best of the best from Roland Garros. And, of course, the big final coming up top of the hour, our Tennis Channel premiere at 2 p.m. Eastern. Nadal and Rude, you're watching TC Live on Championship Sunday in Paris. Back on TC Live, will that roof be open or closed today? There are thunderstorms in the forecast, and that could certainly play a factor in our men's final between Rafa Nadal and Casper Rude. A reminder that Tennis.com is your online source for everything you need during Roland Garros and all year long, from great writers like Joel Drucker and Steve Tigner to incredible storytelling, plus the biggest stats and all the latest trends on the baseline. Log on to Tennis.com today. Well, Rafa Nadal, one of the best closers in the game. He has won his last four major finals, seven of his last eight. His only defeat to a first-time Grand Slam finalist came to Stan Wawrinka back in 2014. Stay with us on TC Live. John Paul, Chad, and Steve back on TC Live after the singles final yesterday. Coco Golf back on court with Jesse Pagula for the doubles final against 2016 champs Caroline Garcia and Kiki Mladenovic. Good start for the Americans, Chanda. Yeah, got off to a quick start with a lot of movement from Goff. These couple of highlights, I mean, she was aggressive, blasting the forehand there, but they were up against an experienced team in Garcia and Mladenovic, who was able to turn the tables. They started getting more consistent, being more aggressive on their side of the court. Mladenovic up at the net, poaching, and that really was the key, the formula for a lot of these rallies that were played from 
the baseline, it was the French team that was able to get in, that was able to force play. They took it to the third set after getting a quick lead in the second. And down the stretch, again, just a bit more aggressive, able to find the angles when they needed them. They were able to break more easily. Uh, the French pair did. And in the end, that aggressive mindset really paid off at the net, closing it out with the overhead. A huge win for them in front of a home crowd. Their second title here together. And of course, for Kiki Mladenovic, she's won this four times now, reasserting herself as one of the best doubles players in the world. Huge moment for the French team to win here at home. And also for Coco and Jesse to make the final here. Of course, back on our DraftKings desk, Coco continuing to capture the world's attention over the past two weeks, John, not only for her play on the court, but for using her platform off of it as well. Yeah, I mean, again, I feel like we knew about her, right? That this was not a surprise finalist, but we still got a real revelation, and uh, it was extraordinarily positive. She will be disappointed that she didn't win either title, but I think big picture, this was really a breakthrough event for her. There was obviously emotion, and we saw it. She wanted a more competitive performance, and she said she looked up and saw her little brother crying, and then she had some tears as well. I think this is a good sign, too. I mean, sometimes we have these first-time finalists, and, hey, happy to be here. The team's going out. I mean, she was clearly unhappy. Clearly, this was a release. She expected more of herself. She played a very nice player, but she clearly didn't meet her expectations. That's okay. She's 18. She's doing great. Plenty of time. She's up to 13 in the world. That's a career high. By the way, youngest player in the top 150. So nobody's even close to doing what she's doing at her age. As you take a look at Coco Goff, who made two more major finals here at Roland Garros. And here is what she had to say after the match. I wasn't as nervous, really, um, entering the match. Um, I mean, obviously, when I lost the first couple of games, um, the nerves started to come. But when I lost the first set, um, I really came out in the second and had a new mindset. Um, but I think uh, for the most part, I think that Ego was just too good today. Um, I mean, it's one of those matches like that. Yes, I am some moments could have played better, but she really didn't give me anything. Every time I thought I hit a good ball, it wasn't. Um, but there was a reason why she's on a winning streak. And um, I'm just glad that um, I really I really tried my best today. I love the fact that Coco also added after that. Now that I've seen the level, the level of a number one, somebody who's won 35 matches in a row, I know what I have to do. I'm going to go back, work at it, and get it done. How does Coco Chanda build off of what she's done here? No, I think that's going to be the key because, you know, the, these are the type of matches that a player, a young player, 18 years old, that player needs to have. And for golf, you know, she has been creeping up to top 10. She is playing as a top player, but this was just another level uh, in Iga Sviantek. The speed that Sviantek was playing at, her ability to use her serve a little more effectively, especially in critical moments at the beginning of the match, to kind of keep um, her lead, to stretch her lead. And those are the things that you learn only from playing players at that level. So I think for golf, you know, this is just a, a stepping stone. She can continue to build off of it. And these are the type of losses when they hurt like that, they make you even more motivated. She's been motivated enough, but I think this will only help her as she continues to develop.
You know, one of the interesting things to watch about Coco is her ability to get through emotion and still be thoughtful and pragmatic. And to see her in the in the press conference afterwards, to see an 18-year-old that can regroup like that and kind of go through things is really a great trademark. Look, I, I think her parents, Candy and Corey, have done an amazing job with her. She gets where she is, understands what's happening on and off the court. The one thing about yesterday's match is when you're that young and, and it's that fresh in your mind, um, it's that new, it's really important to start off well. Um, and, and her biggest chance, in my opinion, was to be really solid at the beginning and make sure she used her athleticism to make Iga think. And she made a lot of unforced errors early, which is normal. I mean, she was nervous. But when you play someone like Sviantec, who has basically run through the field for the last four months, you can't give that big of a cushion. So for Coco, it's... It's a big deal. You got to a final. But this is just uh, basically step two of a thousand-step process for her. It's going to be such a great journey. She's done a terrific job. She's going to learn a ton. She just has to shore up a few things because I actually think the mental and emotional part are going to help her with some of the strategic and technical mm. liabilities maybe of her serve and her forehand. Absolutely. Uh, John, uh, you got the pleasure of talking to Coco multiple times after some wins this tournament. What stood out most to you from those conversations? Um, I'll, I'll review. She, she signed the camera saying, you know, peace, let's stop gun violence. It was sort of a jarring thing to write on a camera the, the minute after you win the biggest match of your career and we're switching up the mics. And I said, you know, are you, are you cool if I, I, I didn't want to ambush her with a question that was non-tennis just off the court. I said, are you cool if I ask you about that? She, she said, please do. She came ready to speak about gun violence minutes after winning the biggest match of her career to get to the final of Roland Garros. That tells me more than first serve percentages and hitting her spots on her forehand. I mean, I was just blown away by her poise. And again, this is, we knew about her. This was three years ago. She made her breakthrough. She's been slowly building. You know, no, nobody scratched their heads and said, who was that player? But I still think she really revealed herself this event. Yeah, I was just impressed over the course of these two weeks how she seemed to improve one or two levels. I mean, it was right before our eyes in terms of how she was playing, how she was thinking through some of these matches. And we have talked in the past about the forehand and, you know, how sometimes that is the shot that can go off. I think that happened in the final. It was the shot where she started making a few more unforced errors. But those are the types of things you learn from. And you can only do that by getting those matches under your belt and trying to do it under pressure. So I think, you know, it's only an upside for, for golf because she can actually get these big matches, get these big wins with the game that she has. But as uh, Paul, you mentioned, mentally and emotionally, she continues to develop in those areas. We already see so much from her, how she let all of that emotion out, was still able to give a great speech and to laugh and to still, you know, kind of have that perspective. I think that's important as well. Yeah, it brings that humor, that levity as well. A great player, a greater person, and an incredible representative for the next generation of our youth here. Coco Golf, big things here, big things still to come. And when we come back to Roland Garros, the annual message from our fearless leader, Tennis Channel President Ken Solomon, as we lead up to the men's final between Nadal and Rude. Don't go anywhere. That's what they're playing for, the Coupe de Mousquetaire, the Musketeers Cup. It'll be Rafa Nadal, Casper Rude, top of the hour. Tennis Channel doing more than we have ever done before, and there is even more on the way. For a look at the very latest, here's the highly anticipated annual message from our leader, Tennis Channel President Ken Solomon.
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hi, I'm Ken Solomon, and on behalf of our entire team, it's wonderful to celebrate the magic of Roland Garros with you again for our 16th year here in Paris. Despite the last few years' immense challenges, the FFT has done a remarkable job adding cutting-edge improvements across the board while always strengthening its time-honored traditions. From the breathtaking new Chartrier Stadium and its already iconic retractable roof, to stunning new Stadium 3, Court Simone Mathieu, to new main event night sessions under the lights, and beautiful new buildings and ground improvements everywhere you look. And soon, with a second play-protecting roof at Court Suzanne Langlen, we're witnessing nothing short of a second French Revolution. This time, forged by cutting-edge French style and willpower, all designed to make the world's most epic tennis battles even richer for fans around the world. Following our partner's vision, led by friend and former champion, FFT president Gilles Morreton, all of us at Tennis Channel aspire to innovating Roland Garros every day. We're forever challenging ourselves, asking what else can we do to make this event even better and the brand even stronger year-round? How can we bring more tennis and its players' journeys to more viewers in more unique and easy-to-use ways than ever before? That's why together each year for nearly two decades, we've launched every pioneering innovation right here at Roland Garros. Around the clock coverage, beautiful high definition pictures, streaming tons of courts, making our tennis.com just voted the world's number one sports technology website, the game's undisputed go-to online destination. Airing even more live matches nationwide, on our 23 sister Bally Sports regional networks, plus thousands of award-winning features, series, documentaries, and social media updates. We take humble pride in sharing this, our oldest Grand Slam partnership with you for these three amazing weeks and all year long. And that's why this year we've changed the game yet again having just unveiled a completely new tennis TV channel for millions of fans. Even better, it's absolutely free. Introducing T2, Tennis Channel's second 24-7 linear TV network. Already available in over 30 million homes, T2 isn't your father's tennis channel. It's an all-new, old-fashioned brand of linear TV, featuring the other top live matches we just couldn't fit on Tennis Channel plus tons of original content with a fresh attitude reflecting today's brightest young stars. T2's already been broadcasting at Roland Garros live almost every day, giving fans the option of choosing which matches to watch, whether on Tennis Channel, T2, or both. T2 comes already pre-installed as part of Samsung TV Plus's free lineup of channels on every Samsung Smart TV made in the last five years. You don't need any subscriptions. In fact, you might already have T2, so please check it out and see if you do. 
we know you'll love it. T2 is just the latest innovation in our never-ending mission to bring as much live tennis to as many fans as possible. It starts with our tremendous promotional partners, putting tennis in places you visit every day nationwide, offering all the tennis made available in every way you want it. Like on our groundbreaking streaming service, TC Plus, the first plus ever, where you can now choose from up to 16 live Roland Garros sports, plus matches you might have missed to watch at home or on the go. Isn't it finally time you sign up? At our number one tennis magazine, artful storytelling remains as vibrant as ever. And our Tennis Channel Podcast Network, the one place to find all the sport's best podcast series every week. Just like our French partners, the innovation continues thanks to our hardworking teams, dedicated sponsors, and of course, thanks to you, the loyal fans we serve every day. So I hope you can see why we're more excited than ever to be here sharing our passion for this magical place. Thanks again for joining us. Stay tuned for all the action and maybe venture out and try a new Tennis Channel platform or two. And we'll be right here with the world's best tennis all year long. Thank you so much, Ken. It truly does take a village to put on this show. And big thanks to the people you don't see. Bob Wiley, Ross Schneiderman, Rob Flores, Andy Chu, Shelby Coleman, producers Mark Huska, Ian Panda Dunn, and Bob Feller, directors Manny Neto, Chris Castro, and Jeff Backerman, Mimi, Elsa, Daryl, Aaron, Amy, so many more. Jim Courier breaks down the men's final from the booth when we come back to TC Live at Roland Garros. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And he has come to Paris and been a conquistador. Teenager with so much promise. Consecutive wins here at Roland Garros. He's the youngest man to defend his French Open crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, Rafael Nadal. We have run out of fingers to keep track of his dominance. Number 11 for Rafa at Roland Garros. Rafa reigns in Paris for the 12th time. And once again, Rafa Nadal is the king of clay. That could just go on and on and on. We welcome in two-time champ, Hall of Famer Jim Courier from our Whoop booth. Jim has informed me that uh, I didn't name drop enough people, so thank you, Gabby. Thank you, Adrian. We'll just keep thanking people throughout the show. Uh, Jim, the weather obviously could play another factor today. Rain is in the forecast. Uh, how could that affect the match we're about to see? Well, if, if the roof does get closed, as we saw in the semifinals for Rafa, that means that perspiration climbs in a hurry. It gets harder for him to, to get the kind of uh, action he wants on his forehand. Of course, Kasparud has a very fizzy forehand as well. 
The thing that I, I guess you would you'd be concerned about if you're in Nadal's camp is just your energy levels. Because he sweats so much more, that just takes so much more out of your body. I think they would all love to see this roof stay open uh, for as much of the match as possible. We do expect that, the, that there will be some rain. That's a better word. You're, you're missing it. <laughs> Caffeine, please. But obviously, this is the one surface where you can keep playing if the court gets wet. It just can't get too wet. So for Nadal, look, he's the huge favorite here. It's going to take something strange, you would think, for him to not come through for number 14. But the, the physique, that's the biggest question mark, I think, given how much tennis he's played en route to the final this year. Jim, when you look at these guys and how they match up, similar styles, really righty versus lefty yes. and similar styles. What does the young guy who's never been here before have to do pattern-wise and emotionally to kind of nip things in the bud early on to make a statement? Yeah, he's going to need to be aggressive, Paul, because you want to get Rafa on, your, on his back foot, don't you? I mean, Rafa's never lost a match that I can remember when he's been playing offense. You have to take it to him. And that means the risk profile on the backhand is going to have to climb for Casper. For he's going to probably have to do some things he's uncomfortable with. And whenever he gets a forehand, he's got to ignite. He's got to go nuclear. And he can do it. And he's got a monster forehand. If he can get Rafa on his back feet and moving side to side instead of staying in position, that's where he's going to have his best chance. How is he going to serve against Rafa? I mean, they both stand so deep to return. That, that'll be a question mark. Do you try and move Nadal off the center of the court? deep into the corners to try and again just, just extract the physicality from him. That's what I would be advising if I was Christian Rude. I would be saying we've got to make this as physical for Rafa as possible. And that's really hard to do, isn't it, Paul? Well, Jim, let's talk a little Coco Golf, who just lost the women's double final alongside Jessica Bagula, but has had a tremendous two weeks getting to the women's final, her first big breakthrough um, at a major how does she use her success here to continue really as a springboard for the rest of the year and beyond? Well, I think she's going to come out of here with a lot of positives, won't she? I mean, she's played wonderfully en route to the final, and then she learned how much steeper the climb is to get to the top. Sviantek took time away from her. That made it tough on her. I thought her forehand looked a lot better this tournament than it has. And if she can keep doing the work on that side, shore that up, keep going after her second serve, we know she's an amazing mover, and she showed a lot of shot tolerance in this tournament. She had a lot more patience, which really paid a big dividend. But against Sviantek, patience isn't the, the solution. You have to take the racket out of Iga's hand because she's so confident. And that's a lesson that, that Coco will learn. Next time she plays Iga, I would imagine she'll be looking to be more aggressive in that environment. So, uh, look, what a tournament for Coco. That is terrific for her, a big acceleration in her career. And, uh, you know, the sky's the limit for her. Let's see where she can go from here. Obviously, Iga's the one to beat. But Coco's put her hand up as a real contender. Jim, let's go back to Rafa. I'm interested in all, all of our opinions here. I mean, I'm sure you've heard the, the same chatter that we all have. Um, how surprised would you be if this were his final event here or, or maybe even the final match of his career? How much would that surprise you? I think just big picture, John. Because Rafa has been talking a little bit more pessimistically about his body here, it's raised a lot of eyebrows and it's raised questions like yours. Uh, will we be lucky enough to see him play on from here? We sure hope so. You know, I, I, he loves to compete as much as anyone this sport has ever seen. If he's able to keep going physically, if he's able to deal with all the, the suffering that he apparently has to go through to, it, to achieve what he's achieving here, he'll keep going. 
Uh, but boy, I think it just makes it much more important for us to focus on how lucky we are to have him at this advanced age in tennis. N none of us really thought he'd still be playing into his 30s given how physical his game is. And yet here he is doing things that we've never seen in men's tennis. A chance to get 14 in one major, chance to get to 22 at 36 years of age. Just stop and take a moment and enjoy it for what it is. If this is the end, we've been incredibly gifted and lucky to be able to see it. Let's hope it's not. Let's hope there's much more to come. Well said. I'm, what, what do you guys, I mean, former players, Paul, what do you think? Uh, look, I, you know, the one big question mark really is how much is this taking out of them, right? I, I think the biggest challenge for Rafa is do you win here? To, as much as he loves to compete, if he wins today, does he go, hey, that's good? I know one guy that won in 2002 at the U.S. Open. That's the last match he ever played. That's a tough task. I, if you really love to compete like he does and he wins this tournament, I think it's really difficult to stop. Now, I don't think it's that difficult to trim things down and be really selective. I think that's what would happen. I don't think it would be a do-all, end-all. I think he would just trim it down. Yeah, I think the real question is probably for Rafa Nadal is what is he having to do to play each of these matches, to go on court with the pain that he talks about feeling, being a constant, not really being able to do a, a whole lot more to improve it. He's just got to manage it. And, you know, what is he having to do to be ready for each of these matches? What is the toll that it's taking on his body now and even beyond? You start to have those types of thoughts and to try to answer those types of questions as you get to this stage. But he's still here competing for major titles. How is that even possible? So certainly, I mean, we're just sitting back enjoying the show as long as we can, hoping that uh, he can play at this level for as long as he wants to and then move on in, in that kind of fashion. Rafa said, point Blake, I'd rather have a new foot than win the title here on Sunday. That said, if he wins the title here, Jim, he gets to 22 majors overall and will have a two-major lead on his closest competitors, Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer. Prediction time, does Rafa get to 22, Jim? Yes, he does. Uh, precipitation or not. See, I could say the word. Yes, I think he gets to, <laughs> I think he gets to 14 and 22 today. Kaspar Ruud's never played him. It's a big ask in your first major to take on Rafa anywhere, let alone this court. So, yeah, I believe he does get through. Even with precipitation, he will still <laughs> yes. reign supreme. Oh, look, oh, at look at you. There, look at that. Precisely that. Oh, <laughs> and he'll look to do something that uh, he's actually never done before, win the first two slams in the same season, yeah. something Jim did. We look forward, Jim, to your call with Brett Haber, Tennis Channel premiere of the men's final at 2 p.m. Eastern right here. And when we come back, guess what? We're going to get predictions from Paul and Chanda and John. Will Rafa get it done? 14 here, 22 overall. Stay tuned. TC Live rolls on. Back on TC Live, just giving out trophies. Incredible men's doubles final yesterday. Marcelo Arevalo and Jean-Julien Roger needing a comeback, Paul, against Ivan Dodig and Austin Krychek. I'll tell you what, there was a lot of excitement, a lot of fun, and a lot of passion out there. A lot of tension after the first set. The first set was terrific tennis into the tiebreak, and Dodik and Krychek played a little bit better, getting it under their belt. Second set was more of the same, back and forth, tug of war, a lot of stuff going on. And Arevalo and Roger saved three match points. Look at the dive there from Dodik. This guy's one of the best athletes on tour, but it got tight here in the second set. Little volley up the middle to close things off. Third set, 
a good job here on break point for Roger to hit that winner. And there was so much electricity out there. It was terrific to see these guys smiling, having a great time, and coming up with huge tennis at big moments. Such a terrific win. How, is it the first slam for El Salvadori? Yes, uh, first Grand Slam double champ from Central America for Arevalo. And Roger, 40 years old. The oldest Grand Slam men's doubles champion in the open era. So both these guys making some history. Arevalo played his college ball at Tulsa. See what's trending on social media. Sasha Zverev giving an update date on his injury. Says it looks like he has torn several ligaments in his right foot. Further exams to come on Monday, John. What do you make of that? Yeah, um, you had a sense this was serious when you saw it happen, and this was confirmed. Um, I, I think you know, three, three months the German press was reporting. We'll, we'll see how it goes. You hope this goes as smoothly as ever. I, I don't think that's Ryanair, so at least it seems like he traveled back in style. But, um, yeah, I mean, this, this was unfortunate, and I think this pretty much confirms uh, what a lot of us felt when we saw it happen. Do you think he's done for the year, Chanda? Uh, I mean, there's a possibility or he could, you know, try to come back towards the end, some smaller events and just get himself set up for next year. But this is always a little bit uncertainty when you have something this severe on how you're going to recover. Yeah, it's just heartbreaking to see that. I mean, it was such a great battle. These guys were given everything. Zverev did such a great job after a heartbreaking first set. I mean, he no way he should lose that first set. Then he comes back in the second set, breaks Rafa, what, four or five times, gets into a tie, tie break again. And just to see that happen is just crushing. I, I think he, we're going to see him this fall playing. I think he'll be back on the tour playing this fall, and uh, he'll be ready to go. Hope so. Certainly send uh, Sasha all of our best here. Meantime, the entry list for Wimbledon came out, and uh, there were two notable exemptions, exceptions to this. Uh, Serena Venus-Williams did not appear on the list. Of course, they're not ranked in the top 100 anymore, so they would not get automatic entry. However, they could both still, Chanda, uh, try to get some wild cards. One's one at seven times, the other five, and that's just singles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the question is, would they be ready and wanting to come back and, and play at this stage? I think that's always been the question. Um, they both had injuries last year that kept them off the tour. You maybe assume physically that they are pretty close to 100%, hopefully, uh, and that they're able to make the decision regardless whether they choose to play or not. But clearly, it would not have made any sense for them to be on the list because they can't yeah, get right, directly right. in. Yeah. Hoping for the wild cards. Cross your fingers. You They'll be okay yeah. if they want one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just doubles, whatever. Just, you know, we'd love to see them just, back out just there. Just come play, right, Steve? Just come play for us. <laughs> or do it for them. Uh, look who's in the crowd. Pau Gasol. NBA champion, all-star. Rafa Buddy. Yeah, Rafa Buddy. Going to cheer on Nadal in this title matchup. Don't go anywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just big hitting there. Oh, wow. that's an amazing point. Oh, my goodness. Mark that down for best of the best. Ah! 
crowd on her feet. It just shows you how much emotion is packed inside this woman right now. we have had so far. We're down to the best of the best on the men's side. Time for our DraftKings Sportsbook match preview. Rafa Nadal, he is once again the heavy favorite to get his 14th Roland Garros title over under three and a half sets. Well, favored to go over. So that would be four sets. We'll see what happens. Rafa the favorite. A reminder to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers can bet $1 and win $100 if any point is won. If you're not in a sportsbook state, download any of the apps and play for thousands every day in DraftKings free-to-play pools. Use the code POINT when you sign up. We've been waiting for it back on our DraftKings desk. Jim Courier made his prediction, said Rafa's going to do it. Paul, your turn. Who do you got? Well, how could I go against Jim Courier? I mean, it's just <laughs> Jim's won here twice. I'm not going to contradict Jim Courier, so I will go with Rafa as well. I think there's going to be one tight set. I think there's going to be a lot of great points, and Rafa's going to win most of them. Hmm. Yeah. I like hmm. it. I, I, I think it's a good pick. I'm going right. to go with Rafa, too. Yeah. I think, you know, it's tough to bet against him in, with everything that's part of this situation. First time here for Casper Ruud, who's had a tremendous tournament. I think it would just be a little too much to overcome. And I'm going to take the under on the set, Ooh. Steve. Ooh. All right. Ooh. So you're going straight Ooh. sets for Decisive. Nadal. Take the Decisive. Under. I like that. <laughs> I wish I could be contrarian here. The data point's pretty good on Nadal. I think betting against him is like betting against the next stop sign being red. Um, I'll go Nadal on straight. All four of our predictors have said Rafa Nadal will get number 14, number 22 overall. Cannot wait to see it. The Tennis Channel premiere of the men's final, 2 p.m. Eastern. Look who's in that. The king is in the house to watch the king of clay. Thank you so much for joining us. All two weeks here on TC Live.